Well, I think it's a great day to be in church today. I, I, um, I think I might say that every Sunday, but um, it's still true. Uh, so just a little, uh, little housework that it's 16 days, 16 sleeps until Super Kids. If you don't know what Super Kids is, Super Kids is our holiday program that we run just for four days because we can't do it for any longer. But just for four days of the second week of the holidays, we've got our holiday program. We have currently 244 individual children booked in, between 209 and 236 kids a day booked, and we've still got two weeks to go where all the parents go, oh my goodness, it's the holidays, I need to book my children into their holiday program. Uh, so uh, if you can help, please let me know ASAP, because I need to sort the numbers, close some days if we need to, we really, we really need people on, on, on board to set up and pack down, but also just to be here with the kids. It's not a hard job, I promise. It's loud, but it's not hard. Uh, so, yeah, let me know. Uh, I've got a message that's been going over and over in my heart and mind for a few weeks now. I've read it ever since I read a particular article. And uh, my message is entitled, In Church, In Christ. I put the and in there because I didn't want people to think that you had to be in church to be in Christ when it went online. But really, I just wanted to say in church, dash, dash, in Christ. But anyway, that's what we did. Uh, so uh, I'd love to unpack that with you, but first I thought that it would be good to pray. Lord, I want to thank you for you. I want to thank you for your, for your grace and for your mercy towards us. I want to thank you that we can, we can gather and we can be one family and we can worship you. But I want to thank you, Lord, too, that you delight to just be with us, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, in every part of our lives. And I pray today that we'd have a fresh revelation of what it is to live in you. Pray you come and speak to each person today. Amen. The great reality that stands at the center of being a Christian is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born in a manger. We're about to celebrate. No. We don't celebrate Easter for that, do we? No, that's, that's Christmas. I just want to put it out there that I was woken by my dogs barking and a knock on the door at three o'clock in the morning, somebody returning my vomiting child so, from a sleepover. So I'm like, I will try and follow my notes and not go to sleep. Uh, so anyway, where am I up to? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was born in a manger, died on the cross, which we're about to celebrate Easter, rose again from the dead, lives by his spirit in our soul. And in the soul of every Christian believer, we call that being in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, the new life has begun. If you are in Christ and Christ is in, in you, he is with you wherever you go. There is not a moment that you're alone. There's not a moment that he is not with you. There's a moment that he's not for you. At your lowest moment, where you feel isolated, abandoned, lost, broken and alone, we can say, as Psalm 16 verse 8 says, the Lord is my right hand, therefore I will not be shaken. When we know that Christ lives in us, we can be like David and say, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Or with Paul, if God is for me, then who can be against me? Or John, greater, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Hebrews 4 verse 16, let 
Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. We're supposed to come to God, to come to Christ with confidence because we know that he won. We've read the end of the book. He has the victory. He has everything that we might face, everything that we might fear, everything that we might confront. He knows it before we do, and he has you. He has you. Those scriptures that I've just read that are on the screen, they could seem like nice verses or catchphrases, if you will, if we don't live in Christ. They just seem like nice platitudes, like you're struggling and you go and talk to someone who's a Christian and they say, oh, you know, greater is he that's in you than he's in the world. And if you don't have Christ in you, then that's just a nice thing to say. I mean, it's still the living word, but it feels like just a nice thing to say, just a catchphrase. Let me finish this sentence before I say, uh, before you go, (gasps) there is no point in merely attending church. The reason we gather with the church is because we are the church. God didn't just say go to church. He said be the church. Be people that Christ lives in. Don't go to church to see Christ. Take Christ with you wherever you go. Don't attend church. Live with Christ. Church wasn't meant to be a spectator sport or entertainment. It's time that we move from being consumers when we come to church to being contributors Not necessarily up the front, not necessarily in kids' ministry, though if you want to do that, let me know. Uh, (laughs) Just saying. Um, Or youth ministry or anything else. But, But actually being contributors by talking to the people in your family, by finding out how their day's going, being contributors to what's going on, being being participators in worship, and not just consumers of what happens around you. Don't get me wrong. It might sound like I don't love church. I'm not encouraging you not to, enter, not to attend church. Absolutely attend church. This, fa- this is family. This is community. This is a village. But it isn't enough for you. Consumer church is not God's exi- design. Church that we, where we live in Christ is God's design. Where we go from the church board buildings and we take Christ, we take church with us everywhere we go. We don't want our kids to become adults and have ourselves sitting there thinking, did we just raise our kids in church and magically expect them to serve God the rest of their lives? Because they went to kids' church and they went to youth group. I mean, we're good, right, Rebecca and Sam? But we're not that good. (laughs) Or are we teaching them how to live in Christ through discipleship and living examples in our home? The Bible tells us to go and make disciples in our homes and in the world, and everywhere we go, we're supposed to take Christ with us. We're not supposed to make attenders of church. We're supposed to make disciples. And we won't do that by simply attending church. We will only do that by having Christ in us, by being disciples. Being in church is great. It's fellowship and it's community. I'm a huge believer in the power of church and the power of the family and the power of us gathering together. I'm a huge believer, clearly. I work for the church, so (laughs) it'd be concerning if I didn't. (laughs) And if you're only in church, if you're sitting there going, oh, she's talking about me. If you're sitting in church right now thinking, oh, I think maybe she's talking about me, it's okay. 
because this is the greatest place to be to lead you to be in Christ. This is the place that you come every Sunday that leads you into God's presence, that encourages you to step forward. If you are just simply, you know that you're just simply in church right now, but you desire to be in Christ, this is the place to be. If you come away from this going, well, I am just actually a church attender, and I don't live my day in Christ, don't stop coming. Keep coming and ask God to help you put Christ in every part of your day, to live in him. On um, a little bit of a... I don't know how to do this without being blatantly honest. So on Wednesday afternoon, <laughs> about to share a little insight into my family. Wednesday afternoon, I came home from work, and I was just grumpy. The kids had the, you know, some of the kids had the day off for the strike thing, and of course, the dutiful mother I am, I wrote them a little to-do list. One job each wasn't hard. <laughs> I've only got one child sitting in church now, so she can just hide from me. Uh, and so I came home, it's been a busy day, somebody needed to go to rugby practice, someone needed to go to water polo, someone needed to go to boxing, I still needed to cook dinner, my husband was away, the washing, I was grumpy, I was like, oh, and I was like, why is the dryer going? Oh, because I put the smalls in there from the washing I hung, and it's still going, when did you hang the washing? Oh, like, about half an hour ago, I'm like, are you kidding me, you know, <laughs> it's cold, how do you expect that, you've been home all day, you hang the washing in the morning, you know, and why is there still dishes in the sink? Oh, because I unloaded the dishwasher when so-and-so was supposed to, so she's supposed to do my job, and you know, that kind of. And then I was just irrational. <laughs> I feel like probably every mother does, right? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just making it seem, you know, like this is, this is family life, right? <clears throat> just being honest, right? Putting it all out there. But when we live in Christ, we don't have to wait to church to feel refreshed. I drove and dropped a kid to box. I was like, I need to fix myself. I'm like, just being so horrible. And so I played some worship music and I sung my little heart out on the way home. And I think that I came back better. <laughs> I got a thumbs up. So <laughs> we don't need to wait. When we live in Christ, when we know he's with us, we don't need to wait. Lamentation says that his mercies are new every morning. Whatever we're going through, whatever we're feeling, whether we're overwhelmingly tired because we've had a baby that kept us all not up all night, or a vomiting child, whether we're dealing with uh, teens and their hormones, whether we have, which let's be honest, probably I did, perimenopausal rage. Just <laughs> 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 put it all out there. Whether it's tantruming toddlers or tantruming teens, whether it's loneliness, whether it's addiction, whether it's insecurity, whether we have marriage issues, whether we're having money problems, school problems, mental health problems, when we live in Christ, he changes things. It changes everything. The old is gone, the new has come. Does it mean you won't have fights? No. Does it mean there won't be battles? Doesn't mean you won't feel rage. <laughs> Doesn't mean you won't feel hopelessness. No. But what it does mean is we have somewhere, someone to turn to, who has everything that we've ever needed. I think our problem as Christians, certainly mine, is that I don't always recognize that. I don't always recognize 
And I don't always come truly open to him to work in that area of my life or that feeling or that thing that's going on. We don't always open the door to him and our situation and our mess and our feelings and our families and whatever's going on. We don't always come to him and open the door. It's like we come to, it's like we, when we attend church uh, and we have to, you know, we, we may have yelled at the kids on the way out. We may, have just, we may just feel really tired because we stayed up too late and feel like, ugh. But we come to church like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Praise the Lord. It's a wonderful day. You know, we come in our, not necessarily anymore in our Sunday best, but in our Sunday best in our, our presenta- presentation of ourselves to the world. But God doesn't want us to come in our Sunday best. He wants us to open the door to every situation, to every feeling, everything that's going on in our lives. He wants us to open the door. He doesn't just want us to be in church. He wants us to be in Christ. We can't open the door to God in that situation just as a church attender. We can only do this if we're in Christ. The Bible's very clear. It says he knocks at the heart of every person. And I believe, and I only take this on board if you feel like God's telling you it's you, but I believe there are people that sit in church every Sunday, God is still knocking, and we still haven't opened the door. We worry what it might look like, what we might have to give up, what it might mean. We haven't opened the door truly to him. I'm not going to major on this, but the Bible does talk about that. The Bible does say, many will come to God on the final day and say, Lord, Lord, but did I not do this? Did I not do this? And he will say, what? Away from me, I didn't know you. And you know what? Your pastor can't say, oh, no, no, hang on, God. Wait, 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 wait. He was at church every week. (laughs) God, you can't. No, 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 no. Of course you know him. Remember, he was was third row back. Maybe you just don't remember him. Came to church every week. He was so faithful. But he didn't know him. He didn't know God. He didn't live with Christ in him. Think about what the Bible says in Revelations 3.20. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and him with me. I think it's interesting that the Bible chose to actually add the eat bit. Like, just, it could have just said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I'll open the door and and I'll come in. The fact that it says he will eat with me, and he will eat with him, and he will eat with me, is that it's indicative of life. How many times a day do you eat? Quite a lot. Some more than others. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to be there. He wants to be there, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and all snacks in between. He wants to be there. It's not a minute. <laughs> if you have the idea of Christian faith about believing in a Christ, believing in Jesus from a distance, then you need to think again. It's not how he wanted it to be. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you will know that I <clears throat> spent last weekend doing something very unnatural to me, which was uh, at a boxing tournament. My, one of my daughters is uh, boxing, and we had the South Island novice champs. I went into the weekend with zero education and got very educated on something I never knew that I wanted to know. (laughs) I had been to zero boxing fights live, and then I proceeded to watch 13 hours worth of boxing over two days. I even cried (laughs) 
My children can mercilessly mock me for this, but I cried during the first fight. Not my daughter's fight, but because... <laughs> Am I not to do this? <laughs> no, I didn't cry for hers. She asked for it. <laughs> uh, I cried because it was like a couple of like nine or 10-year-old boys, right? And... Uh, and one of them was just a lot better than the other. <laughs> and so, you know what happens if you get in a boxing with somebody who's better than you? You get punched, like, a lot. And so this kid is literally in the corner like this, and this other kid's just... <laughs> and I was like, ah! This is, my, this is my first. I was like, I can't do this. I was, like, crying, and Ken's half laughing and half hugging me. And my kids are like, what is wrong with you, Mum? Oh, my gosh! Uh, I, I improved. Uh, if, if it's even and it's decided on points, much, much better scenario for me. But anyway, all this boxing got me thinking. A boxing ring <clears throat> can be a bit like life. You get into it, you sort of like move around, you find your way, but no one gets through it without a few punches to the face. See, God can even speak to you at the boxing ring. <laughs> Hard things come and go. There's times where you get to sit and rest in the corner, regroup, get a little TED talk in. The coaches are like, you know, squirting water in your face, putting me a mouth guard, refreshing you, you know, telling you what to do. How you fear in the ring often depends on your preparation, on your fitness, on your training, on your nutrition, on your sleep. Much like life, if we get into the ring in Christ, we know that we win. Because he wins. We have read the end of the book, right? However, we'll still get a few punches to the face. He never said it would be easy. He never said life would be easy. But if we get into the ring simply in church, the enemy will ground us. He will knock the stuffing out of you. It'll be like the fight that I cried in, which, by the way, the ref did stop. (laughs) It'd be like the way, you know, if we get in the ring of life just at going to church, we will get smashed. The ref will have to call it off. It'll be like the ones where, you know, they're shoving, like, literally, like blood, and they're putting Vaseline up people's noses to make the blood stop, and then they just keep going in and being punched in the face. Like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it's, uh, it's pretty exciting uh, to watch the journey. I have to say, I'm very proud of our daughter. She's, she's come through a lot, and she's very committed. She's very determined, and she's going to be really upset that I've talked about her. She's, um, yeah, it's a, I don't know. Anyone else in the room want to get in a boxing ring? See, like no one. <laughs> Amazing. Colossians 1 verse 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The presence of Christ with you, the love of Christ towards you, the strength of Christ in you is what's going to get you through. It's the hope of glory. It's the win in the boxing ring of life is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I've just been doing, uh, just finished up a Bible study with Adele, Uh, Priscilla Shira's armor of God study with Adele. I'm not going to even try and say some of the stuff that she did because it was really just so amazing. So I recommend you try and find. I'm pretty sure it's free online. It's really, really good. Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 18. The final, a, a final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. 
Put on all of God's armour so that you may be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're fighting against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will, you will still be standing. Stand, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armour of God's righteousness, for the shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news, so you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these things, have the sh- hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery animal, arrows, animals, arrow, animals maybe, but <laughs> arrows from the devil. Put on the helmet of salvation, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times, on every occasion, occasion. Stay alert, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. If we're in Christ, we need to realize that we are in a battle and we need to put on the armor. We need to know his word. We need to know him. We need to know that when we're walking down the street and we encounter something, we can ask him to come. We can ask him to lead us, to guide us. We can be in church and in Christ. We can be in church and not in Christ. We can be in Christ and not in church although I do believe the Bible makes a very good case for being in church. I hope that uh, I'm not coming across as anti-church, because I'm definitely not anti-church, but uh, it's more important for us to be in Christ. I do believe that God wants us to be in church. There is very clear biblical, which I'm going to share with you. Uh, I'm not anti-church. I work for one. Have have I been through hard times in church? Yes. Have I been hurt in church? Yes. Was it the church that hurt me? No. People. People hurt you, not the church. People in the church, maybe, but not the church. Church is God's design. Gathering was his idea. We are stronger together. We are stronger with one another, supporting one another, loving one another. The Bible makes a very clear case for fellowship. Quickly, I'm going to go through a few scriptures. Hebrews 10 verse 21, and let us not neglect meeting together as some people, some people do, but encourage each other, especially now as the day of his return is drawing near. Acts 2 verse 42, all the believers devote themselves to the apostles' te- teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper and prayer. Matthew 16 verse 18, now I say to you that you are, you are Peter, which means rock, and upon my rock I will build a church and the powers of hell will not conquer against it. Colossians 3 verse 16, let the message about Christ and his righteousness fill our lives, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. 1 Timothy 4 verse 13, until I come, continue to read scriptures to people, strengthen them and teach them. Matthew 18 verse 24, when two or more are gathered as my followers, I am among them. Do not be content to merely attend church, but desire in your heart to live in Christ. To live in Christ means to grow, to flourish, to step forward in your faith, to come to church each week, to lean in, to worship the Lord, and to go out stronger, better, together, supported, not alone. If you feel like, This is a bit much. It's a bit heavy. 
that's a little bit beyond me. What if I ask you the simple question? Can you see that if Jesus was living in you as a welcome guest in your soul, to dwell in your heart and mind, to settle down in your desires and your conscience, because you invited him to be there, you opened up the door. If that were to happen, would it be an entirely different to merely doing our best to be a good church-attending Christian? The Holy Spirit lives in us to help us. He's the helper. I'm not sending you away going, you need to be better. I'm sending you away saying, open the door. Open the door to Christ because he wants to be with you. He wants to dwell with you. He wants to help you. Trying to be a better Christian will not make you a better Christian. Paul knew as Christians we needed some basic reminders, encouragements about the Christian life, which I'm not going to go into, but if you need a basic list of what you're supposed to do as a Christian, 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 to 22 gives you a good list. But Paul didn't threaten to kick anyone out of the church if they didn't do it. You know, uh, Christianity is the one faith where we don't need to do works and we don't need to do certain things or knock on as many doors or, or do really anything in our own strength to have our salvation. We just need to accept them. People should see Christ in us. They should see something different about you. You know, there used to be an ad back in the day. I can't even remember what it was advertised, and I tried to Google it, but I couldn't find it. You know, I want what she's having, you know? When we are living in our lives, when we were living with Christ in us, people should see us and think, there is something different about that person. I need what they have. And that is Jesus. That is Christ in us. The amazing gift we have as Christians is that we are never alone. I feel like I need daily reminding of that when things are going on in my life, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, frustrated, grumpy, emotional, tired, to just take a moment to open the door to God again in that moment, in that feeling, in that situation. We've had baby dedications today. The best gift that uh, Ian and Lindsay, Stuart and Cheryl, or any of us that have children babies, children, families, is to not simply attend church, but to live in Christ. That the center point of our families is Jesus. That he is our strength and our shield. That our kids know and our kids see that. That when we talk through things, we do it with Jesus in mind, guiding them to him, teaching them to lean on him, trusting him with them. Romans 8, verse 1 to 2. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Jesus says, I'm knocking at the door of your heart. I want to come in. You know, think of one of those American cafes. God's saying, I want to settle into a booth. Let's stay there all day. Let's have lots of coffee, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I want to share life with you. I don't even drink coffee, so I don't know. <laughs> That's relationship. God's not saying, I want to come and control your life. God is come, saying, I want to come and be with you. I want to have relationship with you. I want to live in your life. Please don't be content to merely attend church on a Sunday, but look at ways that you can have Jesus in every part of your life. 
2 Corinthians 5 verse 15. He died for everyone so that we, so those, hang on a minute. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. As you go into this week leading into Easter, I often say to the kids, you know, even if every single person in this room was perfect, even if every single person in this room had never done anything wrong and you were the only one, if you were the only one that had failed, if you were the only one that had sinned, if you were the only one that had lied or cheated or done something wrong, God still would have sent Jesus to die on the cross for you, for the one. That's how much he loves you. And that's how much he desires to have relationship with you, each and every one of you, and your children, and your colleagues, and your parents, and your neighbors. And when we live in Christ, they see that. Somehow they see that. Would you please stand?